Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With our beloved on national TV for the second week in a row, they were also looking for their second road win in a row against the very formidable New York Jets on Monday Night Football. Did the Bears complete their coast-to-coast sweep, or are they back below 500? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 3 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, they made it interesting at the end, but they pulled it off. A second straight road victory for our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back. The week three review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And uh, we got off to a very fast start. You'll hear me talk momentarily about that in our uh, knee-jerk reaction uh, segments. Very fast start, kind of slow in the middle, finished off strong and uh, held off. The New York Jets, a very tough football team. Their defense is for real. Those guys got after us uh, and uh, did a very good job getting after Jay Cutler. Sacked him four times uh, last night and, uh, you know, did a, obviously a, fa- a fantastic job against the run. However, we did beat their average of 52.5 yards by rushing for 60. So still the worst rushing attack in the NFL right now, but at least we did better than the average uh, in that football game. So lots to talk about. We have our bear up and bear down list, our knee-jerk reactions to preview, or excuse me, review uh, this week's uh, game. And uh, let's just go ahead and and, uh, dive right into the review segment and what went down last night on Monday between the Bears and the Jets on Monday Night Football. So going into this thing, we were expecting a very tough test for the Bears. But uh, as you'll hear in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, it kind of looked like this thing was going to be very one-sided from the get-go. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Jets after one quarter. And it really does look like the momentum that we had in the fourth quarter against the 49ers has carried over to this Monday night battle against the Jets in the first quarter. Uh, we owe a lot to it, a lot of our success in the first quarter to Jets' mistakes. Um, there were some penalties. Uh, number one, uh, Geno, Geno Smith uh, threw a pick six to Ryan Mundy on a screenplay. It was almost like the Bears were in the huddle on that one. They saw it coming from a mile away. Um, there was a muffed punt on the Jets that uh, resulted in the Bears recovering in Jet territory. We drove the ball down the field, put it in the end zone. We had some, uh, you know, uh, we had some penalties there that helped move the ball down the field uh, and so on. But the Bears, in you know, in, in all due respect to the Bears, they're taking advantage of those mistakes and making the Jets pay dearly, dearly for them. 
Um, the run game is still pathetic. Uh, I think Forte's got like four carries for negative 16 yards at this point. I'm not even joking. Uh, and we're still having trouble defending the middle of the field in the passing game. So the, the Jets were able to put a field goal on the board, and they did that moving down the field mainly on two or three big plays down the middle of the field, one to their tight end, another to Eric Decker. Otherwise, we're looking solid against the run, so that one-two punch of Johnson and Ivory has been ineffective so far uh, in this game. So we just got to shore up that, that middle-of-the-field passing game, and we have to do a lot better running the football going forward. But we're driving with the football, and we're up 14-3. to <laughs> Yeah, in the beginning, it did look like we were going to make an easy night of it. Uh, the Ryan Mundy pick six, uh, the way we were able to uh, turn that uh, that uh, muffed fu- uh, muffed punt into a uh, another touchdown drive to go up early. I mean, we're barely five minutes into the game. We're up 14 to nothing already, but the Jets were able to settle down and make a bigger effort uh, in the second quarter, and they actually did a fairly decent job closing the gap as uh, as you'll hear me talk about in the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction. It actually probably should have been tied at halftime. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Jets after two quarters, and well, it it wasn't a pretty quarter by any stretch uh, for the offense. Uh, the defense, aside from the fact that we still cannot protect the middle of the field, uh, the Jets scored a touchdown, and all of their big plays are coming when the Jets attack the middle of the field. And when I say the middle of the field, I mean that zone behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties. That area has been opened all night long, and the Jets keep going back to the well and we're not doing anything to defend it so Geno Smith I think actually has more yards passing than Jay does at this point because of the big plays that he's getting attacking the middle of the field otherwise in the short passing game and in the running game our defense looks outstanding uh, Chris Ivory Chris Johnson have not been able to get uh, get downhill on us running the football and whenever somebody uh, catches a pass under 10 yards somebody's right there right away to uh, to bring them down. On the offensive side of the ball, we obviously can't get the run game going against this stout defense, and now Rex Ryan is really starting to dial up those blitzes. And what did I tell you guys in the preview episode about what the blitzes could mean? Could mean that Jay's getting off his back, you know, rolling off his back foot or throwing the ball flat-footed and not really giving him, giving him the, the best chance fundamentally to get the pass where he needs to. And, um, and he, you know, it could end up costing us in the in the uh, uh, in the long run now the Bears got saved earlier just before the half Jay actually fumbled the football but it was ruled down Jay was initially ruled down by contact uh, it would have been a touchdown uh, the defender for the Jets picked it up and it was was off to the races uh, the whistle was blown dead when they looked back it Jay did actually fumble the ball so possession was given to the Jets and our defense just shut him down on three plays and got the ball back just before uh, before the half. So in the second half, we got to get the offense rolling. You know, it's somehow either we either we either got to start running the ball through the short pass, or we got to be a little bit more diligent in in the running game to try to get the offense rolling. Because, like I said. Rex Ryan is dialing up those blitzes and he's coming after Jay and he's going to start getting to him. So, but at the half, we're up 17 to 13 and we get the ball back to start the third quarter. 
little bit of a more long-winded uh, knee-jerk reaction uh, than I usually do, but there was a lot to say after that second quarter with everything that took place because it's that's where the game kind of evened out uh, for a little while. The, the, the end result was a 17-13 lead for the Bears going into the half, but like I said, we were struggling with the run. Rex Ryan was really dialing up those blitzes, and actually the fumble that Jay had was the result of a sack. He was being sacked, and he fumbled uh, the football, and uh, one of the Jet uh, linebackers picked it up and would have, would have gone in uh, untouched. And uh, if actually, if that had been allowed to stand, the Bears would have been losing 20-17 to 17 at halftime. They wouldn't have been tied because uh, somebody was saying that it cost them four points. Uh, I, th- I think I heard that on SportsCenter earlier today was that it cost them four points they didn't get a field goal on that drive the bears actually got him three and out and and got the football back so he cost that mistake cost the jets seven points and uh very and cost them the lead uh at halftime so no telling how that would have played in the outcome of the football game but it was just one of those things that went against uh went against the jets so kind of an unlucky stretch for new york in these last two games with uh, you know the the premature timeout, uh, nixing a, a game tying touchdown last week against Green Bay, and then a premature whistle uh, is it basically what it boils down to. What it be, what it was was a premature whistle on the uh, fumble recovery, not allowing the Jets to get the touchdown they most definitely would have gotten had the referees allowed the play to uh, to play out to uh, to its. Uh, natural conclusion so a, a, a tough stretch uh, for the Jets and then uh, it was one of those things that Rex Ryan was very frustrated with in the uh, post-game uh, press conferences it was more of uh, you know somebody asked him about it you know do you think that was a uh, wrong call and his his answer was was pretty much like what do you think kind of thing so uh, just one of those things where he was biting his tongue so he doesn't get fined a trillion dollars by the by the league office for uh, speaking his mind he kind of just you know leave it to your imagination but I'm definitely going to let you know I thought that call was crap so but in the third quarter when the Bears came back we did start with the football we got off to a hot start and reclaimed the momentum that was taken from us in the second quarter to uh, further extend our lead against the Jets. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Jets after three quarters, and we came right out of the gates uh, to start the third quarter with a solid-looking drive. We actually had to score twice on the drive. Jay threw a touchdown pass to uh, Brandon Marshall that was called back due to a Michael Ola illegal hands-to-the-face penalty. But a couple of snaps later, uh, for the second time tonight, uh, Cutler finds uh, Martellus Bennett in the end zone to make it 24 uh, to 13. The big play on that drive, a ball thrown uh, about 40-plus yard gain down the field uh, to Alshon Jeffrey uh, that uh, got the Bears out of their own territory and out to midfield, and that's what really got the ball kind of rolling on that drive. Still cannot run the ball at all. Matt Forte has eight carries for 10 yards as we head into the fourth quarter. Uh, Rex Ryan is really starting to dial up those blitzes, but what's more concerning is that the 
the front line of the def- of the Jets is actually getting the pressure on its own. Sheldon Richardson and company are, are coming in and uh, caving down the edge and closing the pocket down uh, on on Jay, which you cannot allow on a, against the three man front. That's just not supposed to happen when you're going five or six against three and losing. That's not good. Jermon Bushrod's not having a good night out there. Uh, he's getting bull rushed into the quarterback constantly. So hopefully something that can be corrected when they get a chance to look at this tape uh, tomorrow. But uh, we have the football, we have the lead, and uh, hopefully we can put some more uh, points on the board to make it a two-score game. It's 24-16 to as we head into the fourth quarter. So one of our main strengths going into the game was our pass protection, and Rex Ryan, who is a very creative defensive thinker, was putting these blitz packages together to make that a to kind of uh, you know eliminate that or to to kind of level the playing field uh if you will and, and as i spoke about jermon bushrod there were just too many times where i was seeing somebody get underneath his pads and push him backwards and kind of caving the pocket uh on jay i, th- I thought jay played fantastic last night uh i even uh, was speaking about it today on on doug wagner's show on on uh, am 600 uh, WMT, where two of the four sacks that uh, we fell victim to last night, two of them were definitely those kinds of plays where in the past Jay would have tried to make something out of nothing or make something out of less than nothing and try to fit it into a spot where he would just end up throwing an interception, heave it over somebody's head, get it off somebody's fingertips, that kind of thing going along the lines of that whole when his fundamentals go bad, his passing and his accuracy go bad as well. He took the sacks, lived to play another down, was playing a lot smarter, and he ended the football game with no interceptions for the second week in a row. And, of course, for the second week in a row, we end up winning the football game. So the the two do correlate uh, with one another. He's uh, making it more of a habit to not make these bad decisions that – you know, obviously have hurt us in the past and even as recently as week one. We should have never lost that game against Buffalo, but those little mistakes that we had is what cost us uh, a victory against the Bills. So uh, Jay was a much smarter quarterback last night as he was last week against the 49ers, not making those little mistakes against good football teams that can get you behind early on. And that is exactly what the Jets did not do with Geno Smith throwing those interceptions, that first one early, and he did throw another one in the fourth quarter with Kyle Fuller on the receiving end as the Bears wrapped it up against the Jets to uh, make it interesting at the end, like I talked about at the beginning. And uh, they all came down to the last drive of the game, but uh, we ended up pulling it out. Major reaction to the Bears and the Jets after the fourth quarter. And, man, it got interesting there towards the end. Uh, it's a 27-19 final score, and the Jets were able to take their final drive all all the way to, I believe, the eight or nine yard line. They were inside the 10 for sure. And uh, a few shots at the end zone. The Jets were not able to uh, to score to uh, to even try for the two, two-pointer to tie it up. The Bears hang on. 27-19 victory. Uh, n- not the best second half uh, from the Bears. Uh, we started it off great with that opening uh, possession. Touchdown to, uh, to really kind of... Uh, further extend the lead that we had at halftime but we um, 
really weren't able to capitalize on. If, if we'd have capitalized on all the Jets' mistakes, we'd have won this thing by 20 points. Uh, but instead, uh, the Jets' defense is outstanding. Those guys are legit. If they just had a, a better, more stable offense, they'd probably win a lot of games uh, this year. But um, the Bears were able to hang on. We move on to next Sunday to take on the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field. Really looking forward to that one. And, of course, we'll get more in-depth with the Bears and the Packers on Thursday when we do our preview episode of this very important game, not really even more so for Green Bay than it is for the Bears. Green Bay's 1-2, and and if they lose this game, not only will they be two games behind the Bears, who would be 3-1, and but it would be their second division loss in a row, having lost to um, Detroit on Sunday. And they did not look good at all on Sunday. Lost the game 19-7. to Hopefully that's something the Bears can replicate this coming Sunday. Now, uh, two very important things happened on Monday night for the Bears and their defense. Number one, the, the our, our, our first concern was our our 20 to 20 defense. And what I mean by 20 to 20, I mean from our opponents 20 to our 20, the defense was horrendous because the the Jets had six trips into our red zone on Monday night. Now here's the good news. Only one of those trips resulted in a touchdown. The Jets were one for six as far as touchdowns in the red zone uh, last night. The other significant thing that happened was that if you res- if you noticed, the Jets scored 19 points last night, which means for the first time in a very long time, the Bears allowed less than 20 points to our opponent. And I did a little research. That's the first time that that's happened since week 16 of 2012 when the Bears beat the Cardinals 28-13. to So it's been a long, long time uh, going towards the, the end of the Lovey era since we have allowed less than 20 points uh, in a football game. So the, uh, that's a, uh, uh, unfortunately, it's a milestone for our defense because we went, let's see, the last game plus all six, so 17, we went 19 games in a row. We allowed more than 20 points to our opponent. And then this week would have been number 20 had the Jets been able to tack a few more extra points on the board. But for the first time since December of 2012, the Bears finally shut down <laughs> kept it under 20 points and it uh was a very big deal the bears coming out on top uh against the jets now other things uh, about the game uh kyle fuller he is uh he looks like he's for real you know it's still very early on in the season uh he's still adjusting to being the full-time starter but last night he made a heck of a play on the interception to kill that uh, drive because the that was one of the red zone drives for the Jets that Kyle Fuller just ripped the ball out of the air like that. Uh, also, on two occasions last night, on two occasions, uh, he showed that the uh, that Grasshopper is learning very well from the master because Kyle Fuller used the peanut punch to knock the ball to force fumbles uh, against the Jets twice last night. So uh, I, I was on Twitter live tweeting the games. If you guys want to follow along with that, uh, should be an interesting one this Sunday with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. But uh, if you you can uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, at uh, Shy Bears Review C H I Bears Review, and I'll be uh, live tweeting the game to the to the best of my abilities. Sometimes I get kind of caught up uh, and uh, you know 
can't really uh, follow or you know update as quickly as I'd like to. But uh, I did have fun doing it last night. It was interesting, the highs and lows uh, of the game. But um, I, I did go on Twitter and on Facebook last night saying that uh, we need to come up with a nickname for Kyle Fuller so that uh, you know we have a, a moniker that we can use to uh, uh, to to kind of uh, give him one for his version of the peanut punch and uh the best of the suggestions that i got was the fists of of fuller kind of like uh fist of fury from like uh i think that was a bruce lee movie if i'm not mistaken so or like the fuller fury or something like that and and when i was saying that he needed a nickname that's when i was because charles tillman's nickname is peanut and it's the peanut punch so we need to come up with some kind of a nickname for fuller to you know go along with his punch so until then this it's the fist of fuel of fuller that uh, that got us to uh that forced two fumbles uh last night well, unfortunately we didn't recover either one of them but he played very well last night the the bears were outstanding uh, against the run uh because of what geno smith was able to do on the ground the jets did score over 100 yards rushing last night but chris johnson and Chris Ivory had like 44 yards and 30-something yards respectively. Those two running backs who, you know, were the, you know, the reason that the Jets were the number one rushing team in the league going into the ball game were virtual non-factors uh, in the game. So the defense is improving. It's just that one major vulnerability that they've had since the preseason, and we've seen it. That space behind the linebackers in front of the safeties is always, always open. Uh, you know, we've been playing a lot of zone defense. Maybe we need to switch to some man to, to kind of tighten that up a little bit because those zones are always open. It's the one vulnerable spot that we keep seeing over and over in Mel Tucker's uh, defense, and our opponents have no problem whatsoever exploiting that. Uh, against us so that's something that uh, we'll talk about a little bit more in depth on Thursday when we preview the Bears uh, and the uh, and the Packers so but going further into the into the run uh, Eagle Ferguson Will Sutton stepped up big for Jeremiah Ratliff who was out of the game uh, still having concussion issues uh, or at least they're you know protecting him for a game uh, uh, an extra week uh, after having that concussion against the uh, 49ers uh, last week John Bostic played well in in replace of uh, Shea McClellan he had a full-time role as opposed to just coming in on nickel situations uh, and so on so a lot of guys stepped up we had a lot of injuries last night especially in our safeties like both of our starters Chris Conti and Ryan Mundy went down actually we had three guys go down because uh, Chris Conti went down with a shoulder injury uh, Ryan Mundy i forget what it, what the what his issue was he went down as well as did Danny McRae who came in uh to relieve those guys uh Barack Marine played well in in replacement and it, it even w got all the way down to Ahmad Dixon who we brought up to the roster to be a special teamer ended up playing a few snaps at safety uh last night as well the defense held up very very well and uh, you know it really looks like the, the the unit is starting to gel together uh, we did sack Geno Smith three times last night. Ego Ferguson had one. Uh, Willie Young had another sack. And, and I believe Stephen Paya had another, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the three that we got on the Jets uh, last night. So, And Jared Allen, you know, he hasn't gotten one yet, but he was getting after it last night. Uh, he and DeBrickishaw Ferguson were, were in a battle, uh, a real, you know, hardcore battle on, on the edge there. And uh, 
just a you know a hair here or a hair there and, and Jared Allen could have had about two or three sacks last night but uh Geno Smith just a little too slippery for him I'm, I'm thinking that we might get one or two out of Allen against the Packers because for the first time this season we are facing a quarterback who's a pocket passer now Aaron Rodgers he can run but he's somebody who's going to sit back there and, and wait for the you know wait for the play to develop in front of him as opposed to somebody who's going to run all over the field uh, and everything. So I think Allen might have a better chance to get his first one against Green Bay uh, on Sunday. So we, uh, like I said, we pulled it out 27 to 19, a big win for the Bears, their second straight national TV victory, their second straight road victory, return home now to play the Packers at Soldier Field on Sunday, a noon game for a change, which will be nice. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that so that'll do it for the review segment where you say we close everything out with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down Time to wrap up the show with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up and Bear Down. So we got quite a few names on the Bear Up side. We got a few on the Bear Down side as well. So we'll just go ahead and get started here on the uh, Bear Up to Alshon Jeffrey, our leading receiver last night. 105 yards uh, receiving, I believe it was on eight catches uh, last night. Had a big uh, 40-yard reception last night. Uh, it was like, significant not only because it, it got us deeper into Jet territory, but it was also done against his former college roommate, who, who or not his roommate, but former college teammate, who, who went out uh, in, uh, in the media this week and, and said that Alshon was lazy and uh, that he was looking forward to defending him. And then Alshon smoked him for 40 yards and a big first down uh, last night. So we couldn't get Alshon in the end zone last night, but he definitely played a big factor, looked a lot better. He wasn't, quote-unquote, laboring, as Chris Collinsworth said 3,000 times on Sunday night against the uh, 49ers. He looked to be uh, 100% uh, last night or as as close, a lot closer to 100% than he was against the 49ers. Uh, bear down to Jermon Bushrod. So, I, you know, I, I don't really like to uh, single people out, but uh, it was just that uh, he was going up against Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, and like I said, they, they, these guys were getting below his pads and kind of bull rushing him, and the pocket was collapsing around Jay, and he had nowhere to go because those times. I mean, I also saw Jordan Mills get thrown around, uh, you know, once or twice, but uh, it, it really did look like Jermon Bushrod was having more trouble out there uh, than uh, just about anybody. So Ola and De La Puente played actually really well again for Slauson. Uh, and Garza, the Bears, um, the Bears might have some decisions to make once those guys are healthy again. Uh, bear up to Kyle Fuller, second week in a row with an interception, another important interception as it killed a red zone drive uh, for the Jets. Geno Smith just made a horrible decision uh, with where he was throwing the football, and Kyle Fuller made a great play to snag it out of the air. Uh, the only critique I would give the rookie on that one is that he caught it about seven yards deep in the end zone. Just take the uh, just take the take the knee, 
get us out to the 20. Uh, he, he lucked out because he only made it to about the five-yard line. Then one of the Jets' O-linemen came flying in out of nowhere and smashed him in the head, and the 15-yard penalty put us at the 20-yard line. But his return only got us to the five, so we would have been crazy deep in our own territory uh, if that uh, penalty hadn't, uh, hadn't saved us. So that's the only critique I have for the rookie. If you're seven yards deep in the end zone, just take the knee unless all you see in front of you is green grass. And so uh, he also had those two peanut punch fumble, uh, fumble forced fumbles uh, last night and um, really living up to the to the top billing that he gets for being our number one draft choice uh, this season. So uh, speaking of uh, draft choices, Will Sutton, Ego Ferguson also make the bear up list this week, really helped along with with Stephen Paya uh, in the middle to uh, number one, replace Jeremiah Ratliff and also help our defense be tough against the run. We actually looked good with this defense. You know, you heard me say it a thousand times last year with how pitiful our defense was. But with this defense. Middle of the road, ranked 16th in the NFL. With this defense, we can win a lot of football games. If we can avoid our making our own mistakes, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, not turning it over, with this defense uh, playing in its improved state as it has the last couple of weeks, we can win a lot of football games. Uh, Will Sutton, Ego Ferguson did an outstanding job last night, really helping us shore up the that run defense and uh, forcing the ball into Geno Smith's hands and we got him to make a few mistakes for us that, uh, you know, number one, put some points on the board for us with the pick six and forcing him to make a bad throw in the red zone that ended a critical drive for the Jets and put the ball back into the Bears' hands. So bear up to those two guys for helping along, Kyle Fuller making the interception uh, and so on. Uh, bear down to our run blocking. And that kind of also leads into a bear down to Matt Forte as well. I know it's not his fault, but, uh, you know, I just have a problem sometimes. I really don't think that that Matt's field vision is as good as we need it to be. Uh, there was a, a running play last week against the 49ers where the, obviously the play was designed to go to the right. And you saw this huge hole, like the offensive line kind of caved down. Uh, to the right and I think Martellus Bennett was a tight end on the left he was kind of walling off his defender on the left if Forte had run you know made the cut and run up that hole it would have been a huge gain for us but instead he just kind of lowered his head and ran head first into the pile and it ended up being I think if a negative zero or one yard gain uh, on the play he missed a few opportunities like that against the 49ers he also missed an opportunity or two last night against the Jets doing that I think it's it's more because he's more concerned about running the play the way it was called than he is about creating his own opportunities by you know making a shift and running to the left you don't really see him do that very much like you see the offensive line is blocking to the right he's initially running to the right but he takes a look over his shoulder and there's a huge hole on the left boom make a quick step to the left and the next thing you know we got a big play on our hands you don't see Matt Forte really do that very much he's very much one of those guys that his blocking really needs to be there for him to be able to uh, you know run out of the gates because once he gets out in open space he's one of the most dangerous running backs in the league because he has the speed because he has the size uh, as well he's a tough guy to bring down but he's not that hard to bring down when he can't get himself going and the other big critique I have for Forte is I wonder how many more yards he would have 
if Forte would just lower his head and and run through the holes sometimes when they're there or when he gets into open space to just plow ahead and keep running instead of making 55 juke moves before he makes a decision on which way he wants to go. He seems more concerned with trying to fake out somebody coming down on him than he does about trying to run through it. Uh, so, you know, I know I just critiqued the guy for lowering his head and running into a wall, but, you know, when he's out in open space, you 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 because you slow down you basically you're stopping for the defenders to make it easier for them to tackle you when you are juke 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 before you pick a lane and, and get in it forte tends to not do that he doesn't uh, or at least he doesn't do it quick enough because by the time he's made his decision he's getting wrapped up and taken down so bear down to forte and bear down to our run blocking we only had 60 yards rushing i think on 20 something like I think it was only like 2.8 yards of carry last night, and that is uh, that is not very good. So bear up, Martellus Bennett, five catches, two touchdowns last night. The first one, or excuse me, it was the second touchdown, but our first offensive touchdown last night, and then the touchdown that uh, that we got right at the beginning of the second half to make it a 24 to 13 uh, ball game. Uh, you know he's been. I th- he's got four touchdowns in three games. I think that leads the le- leads all tight ends at at the very least. He's uh, ahead of guys like uh, Julius Thomas and um, Graham, the tight end for the uh, New Orleans Saints, whose first name is eluding me at the moment. Um, but you know he's been fantastic for us so far, and I really do think that offseason work has really helped with the Bears uh, and their chemistry. Now you know Day Jay does still. Uh, rely more heavily on Brandon than he does on, on, on just about anybody else, but you are seeing him spread the ball around a lot more to guys like Martellus and to uh, Alshon uh, and 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 things like that. So I do think that that offseason uh, training that they did was really very helpful uh, to develop chemistry uh, for our, our quarterback and our receivers. Speaking of our quarterback, Jake Cutler, he makes the bear-up list. Uh, He's been much better with his decision-making, especially the last two weeks. No interceptions against very good defenses. Uh, and, uh, you know, even under pressure, he decided to take a sack rather than try to make something happen when the play was already uh, over. Uh, well, only about 238 yards passing last night, but two touchdowns. And most importantly, zero interceptions, a 94.7 quarterback rating uh, in last night's victory. Uh, bear up to Ahmad Dixon. Uh, he was a, the guy who recovered the muffed punt in the first quarter that led to our second touchdown to put us up 14 to nothing early. And he also laid the smackdown on the punt returner for the Jets last night. Uh, the guy did not fair catch it, and Ahmad Dixon made him pay for it. It was one of those hits where it's just like, oh, I bet you he was so close to knocking the ball out of that guy's hands. That's how well uh, he laid him out. He also came in and played mistake-free uh, on defense for a few snaps when he had to come in for relief duty. The guy's third on the depth chart, and we needed him last night for a few plays. Danny McCray did return to finish the game last night, but he did uh, come out there and finish or you know play a few defensive snaps for us. Uh, speaking of safeties, bear up to Ryan Mundy. The pick six that, uh, you know, got us started and got the night off to a good start uh, for us. And he's also actually been uh, very, very good back there in the safety position for us. He's a very solid uh, tackler, has been playing very well at the safety uh, position uh, thus far. 
Uh, also, bear up to Brandon Marshall. Now, he only had one catch for six yards last night, but he did uh, seemingly looks like he, he re-injured the ankle again just before halftime, uh, was able to come back and finish the game. And that was a, probably a lot more, a lot more helpful in, in the way of how the Jets were going to defend us uh, than it was in statistics uh, or anything like that. If, if Alshon was out there by himself, that would allow the Jets to, you know, double up on, on Alshon considering that he was going to be the biggest threat out there uh, because, number one, people don't really respect Martellus Bennett as much as they should, but that uh, he would be our big receiving threat uh, at that point. They could roll the coverage over in his way and, you know, maybe not so much for Santonio Holmes or Josh Morgan or anybody like that. Having Brandon Marshall, just having him out there on the field leveled that so that you couldn't afford to double Marshall or Jeffrey because then you were leaving yourself vulnerable to the other guy. So bear up to Marshall for sticking it out and playing. It only had one catch, but I, I believe that one catch actually extended like 40-something games, if not more, where Brandon Marshall's had at least one reception uh, in a game. And uh, finally, the bear up to John Bostic. Uh, played very, very well in full-time duty at strong side linebacker for the, uh, for the Bears, for the injured uh, Shea McClellan, who might find it difficult to get his job back when he's healthy. Again, if Bostic keeps playing the way that he did last night. And then bear up to our red zone defense. You heard me talk about it before. They had six trips into the red zone last night, came away with only one touchdown. Uh, we also got an interception in there as well to kill another uh, touchdown drive uh, for the uh, for the Bears. So it's uh, for the Jets, I should say. So, um, you know, that's the bear up and bear down list. Um, we'll be back on Friday, Thursday, excuse me. Thursday will be when we come back with the preview episode for the Bears and the Packers. Friday is when I will be on WMT once again on the morning show around say 8 ish because it's a, usually around 8.38 if you know that's how what time uh the segments run for uh for doug when he's doing the show so around 8.35, you get tuned in you'll be able to catch my segment only going to be about four or five minutes at the most um it's a uh, a much more congested show that doug's got on in the morning doesn't have the have the time that he did on the 9 to 11 show uh much bigger much bigger show but also a much larger audience for for the world to hear my majestic brilliance uh, out there uh, once again. So Friday morning, uh, you'll be able to hear me on the show uh, with Doug previewing the Bears and the Packers, and then I'll, um, I'll be back on Monday morning, I assume right around the same time, to talk about the fallout of the Bears and the Packers on on uh, on Monday morning. So uh, finally, just one last uh, reminder: uh, we did uh, switch f- uh, host sites. Uh, to the Podbean site, so the the new address for the show, cbrpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, for those of you who are uh, catching this on the Podomatic site, that's going to be shutting down at the end of this month, which is about a week or so from now. So that uh, the Podomatic feed is going to go away next week. So make sure you get switched over uh, to cbrpodcast.podbean.com. And for all my iTunes subscribers, both the Podomatic and Podbean feeds are up right now. They're both still active right now. So if you're, if you're listening to this from the old feed from Podomatic, you want to get switched over to the Podbean feed. And the way that you'll be able to tell the difference between the two 
is the, the, the look at the dates for the shows because I uploaded the first 16, 17 episodes basically on the same day. So you'll see 16, 17 episodes all from September 16th or 17th. And then you'll see, you know, when the preview segment for the Jets game went up and and so on. That's how you'll be able to tell the difference between the two feeds because otherwise they are virtually identical. So make sure you get those switched over so you don't miss any uh, miss any opportunities to hear the show and what's going on with our beloved Chicago Bears. So that's going to do it for the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears review. Come back on Thursday when we will preview the Bears and the Packers, that all-important NFC North matchup with our most hated rival on Sunday. Looking forward to this one because uh, I think for the first time in a long time, the Bears are going to be favored to win this thing. It's Because uh, we are on paper, at, at least, looking much, much better than the Green Bay Packers at this point. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can put our foot on their proverbial throats and uh, put them in a nice, deep, dark hole heading into the second quarter of the season. So we'll talk about that on Thursday in the preview show. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.